The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord. When Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee and left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zeppelin and Naphtali, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zeppelin, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and for those who sat in the region in shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of, of people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the gospel, the kingdom, and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So here's a, we're talking about fishing today. So here's a, a story about the extremes that men will go to in order to be able to go fishing. So Bob, Frank and Bob wrote fishing. <clears throat> and a funeral service passes over the bridge that they're fishing on. And Bob bows his head, takes his hat off, and puts it over his heart. He continues until the funeral service passes by. And Frank says, gee, Bob, I didn't know you had it in you. And Bob replies, well, it's the least I could do. After all, I was married to her for 30 years. <laughs> so let's take a look at our gospel today and focus on that one line. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. So if we're serious about following Jesus, he's headed towards other people. And most of them are strangers. And as you know, a stranger is just a friend you haven't met yet. Some are annoying, and some are just not your type. But that's where he's going. And everywhere in the gospel, it's people. We follow him out of comfort zone and into people zone because he needs our help fishing for people. Now the world, on the other hand, draws us into isolation. For example, wolves are cunning. They surround a herd, and then they pull away a single sheep to isolate it. Then away from the crowd, the wolves draw that poor sheep even farther away to destroy it. All of us, by default, enjoy doing our own thing. We isolate and we cringe at having to be out there with others unless it's our choice, right? And men especially, ask any wife. She'll say, hey, let's go out and visit so-and-so. And his response, really? I just want to stay home and relax. So that's kind of how it is. But 
And when we're teenagers, it's like, hey, where's the party, right? And when we get older, it's Netflix and popcorn. And Jesus says to the apostles and to us, follow me. He brought them out of their quiet life as fishermen on the lake and into a world of people. At first, they were not people persons. They told Jesus at the multiplication of the loaves to send the crowds away. Children came to be blessed by Jesus, and they basically told them, go away. And they also urged Jesus to stay away from foreigners. That's how they started, but that's not how they ended up. God made them something new. Jesus says, I will make you fishers of men. It's in following Jesus that he gives us a new way of seeing others and a longing for their conversion. When you are first converted, or as the evangelicals say, born again, one of the immediate results is that you have a new awareness of and a new burden concerning the spiritual condition of other people. Now that your eyes have been opened, you are alert to the fact that around you are enormous numbers of people who are not reconciled to their creator. And if they die in that condition, they will spend eternity in a real hell that Jesus talks about. Everywhere, we are surrounded by people who don't even know they need Christ. The number one evidence that you know Christ is that you now care about the salvation of others. And we all know the discouragement that comes from trying to do this by our own strength and not God's. So here's what I've learned about fishing for people over the years. First, I'm sure most of you have caught a fish, at least one fish in your life, right? So you don't have to be a professional fisherman to catch fish. Every one of us has a part in playing, a part in fishing for people, evangelizing. Also, fishing requires great patience, and that's pretty obvious. You throw out the line in the net and you wait. You throw it again and you wait. Some of us have been witnessing to our loved ones for years, and we need patience. And fishermen do not let discouragement put them out of business. After three years of evangelizing, Jesus said to the apostles, you have been with me all this time and still you do not believe? So fishermen, when they don't catch anything, they get up the next morning and they do it all over again. So we need to persevere. Next, Jesus invites us to go fishing, not hunting. That's a big difference. Some Christians have very strong personalities. And when they get going, they sound more like hunters than fishermen. You know what I mean? So you have to, you can't shear a sheep until you catch it first. You have to make a friend, be a friend, and then bring that friend to Jesus. In 1 Peter verse 3, it says, we are always to speak with gentleness and with respect. And last, fishermen take risks. It's hard work and dangerous. You ever watch that program, Most Dangerous Jobs? Do you see how they fish for crabs in the Bering Sea? It, it's crazy. I can't eat crab anymore. Yes, I can. Anyway. So, <laughs> now, if you read the book of Acts in the Bible, that's right up there with most dangerous jobs. 
And if you get a chance to go to the Martyr Shrine in Midland, just a little ways up north here, and see what the Jesuits went through sharing the gospel with the locals, that was dangerous. But nowadays, the most dangerous thing that we have to go through is being labeled a fanatic by our family and friends. So fishing can be painful. And St. Paul says, we each carry our burden of the gospel. And you know, there's great joy in catching fish. You ever notice someone when someone catches a fish, they always want to have their photo taken, no matter how small the fish is? <laughs> I've never seen one picture of a person looking miserable. They're always smiling. Why? Because there's great joy in catching fish and far greater joy in bringing a person to God. Now, on the flip side, when the devil goes fishing, it's not a catch and release program. It's a catch and in the deep fryer program. So, okay, so we got to watch for that. And he's out there fishing. When we fish for men, we do so that they may be saved and that they may be fed. Imagine if every church was built in the shape of a fishing boat. We'd constantly be reminded of our mission. And we could probably sell fish and chips on the side in order to pay for St. Anne's parking lot there, maybe <laughs> on Fridays anyway. <laughs> so God's way of changing society is to change individuals first. Changing mothers and fathers, for example, will naturally change the environment. Our primary mission is to catch fish, not to improve the lake. Now, I know there's a great need for the poor. They need shelter, food, and proper medical assistance. But if we don't also bring them hope and belief in eternal life, we still leave them poor. As a church, we do, do take care of the poor, and we're very good at that. But our number one mission is to close that gap between God and people. We need material items, but more importantly, we need a savior. We are all fallen. Sin is not a weakness that by ourselves we can overcome, but a condition that we need to be saved from. And we all want to bring people to God, but we really don't know how or we feel inadequate. Some even wonder if being fishers of men is any of our responsibility. After all, that's why we have priests and deacons, right? But Jesus makes it clear that everyone who follows him ought to be fishers of men. So, start by telling your experience of God and how faith has changed your life for the better. It's important to treat this as a conversation between two people. This puts a face on the church. And one of the most effective tools in your spiritual toolbox is your personal testimony. I used to do street ministry in Detroit and downtown Windsor, but I never had to preach because people just wanted someone to listen to them. Somehow, they felt more at peace when they left, even though I, I hardly said a word. Jesus could have fish jump right out of the lake and into the boat, but he wants to work in cooperation with us. And what is our role in this rescue mission? It's easier than you think. We just throw out the net. The net is the gospel. It's God's job to draw the fish into the net. 
God won't catch anything unless we first throw out the net. We preach out, we talk out, and God draws in. That's the order, and we're, we are a part of it. The gospel net is baited with God's promises, like eternal life, the promise of our sins being washed away, or being resurrected. The bait is God's promises, drawing us in. People are drawn in by their hunger for something more. Now, in reality, we're not just going to leave here today and the first person we meet say, excuse me, sir, do you have a moment to talk about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? That's not going to happen, right? No. Instead, it's going to sound more like this. Hey, do you want to talk about it? I'm sorry to see you like this, but what you're going through won't make you happy. I know because I've been there. I couldn't handle it on my own, but when I asked God to help me, he did, and he'll do the same for you. That's people fishing. Learn the art of bringing God somehow into your conversations. The Holy Spirit will nudge you when it's the appropriate time. Share your story and then just leave the rest to God. You plant it, and he's the one to make it grow, not us. I'll finish with this. A seminarian asked his teacher, I don't know what the problem is. I'm preaching the gospel, and people aren't being converted or saved. So the teacher said, You don't expect someone to be saved every time you preach the gospel, do you? And his student said, Oh, no, Father, I don't expect that. And the priest said, There's your problem. There's your problem.